borrow those books today. That'd be great. We'll recycle them for next week. But um, appreciate you being with us today. And um, anyone have a Bible memory verse? We did not have our regular lesson last week because we had a guest preacher. So maybe someone has a memory verse. Mrs. Spear. Mr. Spear. Anyone else? Stacy. Good. All right. Anybody else? Janie. Lots of Bible memories. Ron, if you'll come get the goodie bag and deliver it to all those others that said one, that'd be good. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's our theme verse for today. And we've been, of course, studying this subject of prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. And number five, lesson five on page 21 Lesson 5, page 21 says, God hears and answers prayer. And he does. And we can trust him to hear, but we have to recognize some things about prayer. God is not just a talisman or a lucky rabbit's foot where we just go to him when we feel like it. Uh, God is God. And so we need to recognize and understand how prayer works. So on page 21, it says, God hears and answers the prayers of his children. To be a child of God, we must realize that we are separated from God because of our sin. The payment of our sin is death and hell. And so when we ask him to forgive our sin and we trust his finished work on the cross for our salvation, he hears and answers that that prayer, that original prayer for salvation. He forgives our sin and comes to live in our lives forever. And then from that point on, we are born again. We are a child of God. Not everyone that's born physically is a child of God. Human beings are not children of God until they are born again. This is why it's it's a waste of time to teach as as other churches do. I know I know Catholicism does and it's not a bad thing to learn the Bible, but if you just memorize our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, but you never get to be a child of the Father, what good is it to memorize those words? You need to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, after you are a child of God, after you have been born again. That's when you can pray that prayer. And so we need to understand the proper order. The cart can't be before the horse. We need to recognize that prayer is going to only be effective when you are in relationship with the Heavenly Father. So at that moment, we are born into God's family, and this is a spiritual birth. We become children of God. Each child of God has the privilege 
of talking regularly through prayer to his heavenly father we have the privilege to communicate with our heavenly father on a daily basis it's possible you did not have a great relationship with your earthly father and may i say that sometimes that causes us to have a problem with understanding the relationship with our heavenly father because we imagine him like our earthly father was or wasn't and so this is why also the family unit and 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 parenting and fatherhood is so important to to exemplify god to our children as we're raising them but we all know that many of us didn't get that or didn't have that, and so maybe that becomes somewhat of a, of a roadblock as well. However, he is the Heavenly Father, and we need to learn to go to him daily, and not just once a day, but throughout the day. The, the Bible says, um, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you have to be on your knees with your eyes closed 24-7. Because that, by the way, is not praying. You don't necessarily need to be on your knees and, and eyes closed. But you need to be praying is in, a, in a, a mindset of recognizing that the line is always open. You see these people with this thing in their ear walking around talking to people. You know, talking. And at first they, we thought we were, they were nuts because who are they talking to? And then we, they realize, we realize they have this Bluetooth or whatever that is. And uh, they're talking to someone and communicating with someone uh, through a cell, cell device. Well, we understand signal and we understand all that and data. The good, the good news is, is that you can be with God without even having to have something in your ear. You can have God's presence and talk with God and pray to him on a regular daily basis, 24-7. And I can even be praying to him while I'm talking to you. It's a little bit, you know, confusing to do, but you can. I mean, I can be praying, Lord, please help me. Please help the situation, whatever it might be. So prayer is something that uh, we we have the privilege of. If you're born again, and I'm assuming most of the people in this room are born again, you're saved. It's a privilege. It's not something the world really has. They don't have this real communication with the Heavenly Father. Uh, and even if they memorize words and, and, and repeat them, they're never real sure that he was hearing. Um, and so we have a privilege. We have a great opportunity. The last paragraph on page 21 says, we must believe that God is and believe that he rewards them that diligently seek him. That's what Hebrews 11 verse 6 says. We must believe that he is and that he rewards them who diligently are seeking him. God extends an invitation to his children in our theme verse today, Jeremiah 33, 3, inviting them to come unto him and to call upon him and he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think ephesians three twenty and 21 says brother bill was teaching on prayer on monday night and i'm going to review that on wednesday night if you weren't here for monday night that was a great message and a great just pattern of how to pray and so i'm going to review that on wednesday night this week but that came out of ephesians chapter 3 at the end there in verse 20 and 21 he is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think abundantly above so we we don't have to doubt his ability uh, we don't need to pray and 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 have say something like this in our mind god I, I i'm aware that you've answered a lot of prayers over the last thousands of years and so i don't want to ask you for too much because you you might be low on your on your account that's not god he's able to do exceeding abundantly he has all that we need and he can answer all prayer and so call unto me and i will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not have you ever thought about something that you really believed was god's will but it was such 
it was such an impossible or or monumental task, a monumental event. It would be miraculous, and yet, if 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 it is God's will, and if it is your will, to, His will for you to pray it, pray it, and ask God to do uh, great and mighty things which Thou knowest not. On page twenty-two, we'll look at some things today. Our our book says here that Doctor John R. Rice, he is in heaven, been in heaven for a long time. Years ago, he wrote a book called Asking and Receiving. And uh, it's just a simple book explaining that prayer is asking and answer to prayer is receiving. And uh, that is what prayer is. It's, it is in simplicity. That is, that is a lot of what prayer is. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. That's the theme of our whole book that we're studying from. The disciples came to the Lord Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, when they said that, this was not a matter of, of teaching them how to pray. Lord, how, what's, the, what's the right posture? How should we look? Which way should we be facing? I think they understood all that. Uh, it was a matter of being motivated to pray. They noticed how much prayer Jesus did, how many times he got away or spent time communing with the Heavenly Father. And studying the subject of prayer without being mo- moved to action motivated will not make us more effective and so lord teach us the motivation and the reason and why and how to pray and so with those that prayer request in mind with the the understanding that we are not good prayers none of us that we would learn and do better at praying and and that's what was so special about monday night is that the preacher just took the bible and showed us four simple things in those verses at the end of ephesians 3 that we should be praying for and uh, who can tell me, if you were here Monday night, who can tell me the two things that, that we typically pray for that's overdone? Anybody remember? Health and finances. To make it easy for me to remember, I say health and wealth. Typically, most churches and most prayer times, that's the two things we're worried about. Health and wealth. Can I tell you something? You can't keep either one of them forever. All right, it's an impossibility. You're going to lose both eventually, unless you recognize that you have a life in heaven and you're laying up treasure in heaven. And then all of a sudden, that's not such a worry anymore. And uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't have good health or wealth or that we shouldn't be worried about that. But the point is, is that that seems to be consuming our our, our motives of prayer. That's all kind of selfish. It's all kind of short-sighted, really. Uh, it's not seeing the big picture. Uh, we sang uh, about seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added and, and he does add all these things to us and he does meet our needs and take care of us and, and, and I'm thankful for that that he does that but, but if that's constantly all that you're focused on uh, you're missing out on what God would have for you Malachi chapter 3 this is where our book has a start Malachi chapter 3 as far as looking up some verses in verse 8 and I, I don't know why the, the author picked this, but I do. I agree that he, what he's what he's picking here is true and it's legitimate. We need to think about it. Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, chapter three, verse eight. Will a man rob God? Imagine that. Imagine trying to rob God. Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. 
and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. We need to recognize that God has some expectations for us. God gives things in the word, and this is the end of the Old Testament, but it carries over into the New Testament. You see, uh, it's still mentioned about tithes and offerings and, and collection and giving and things like that. And the word of God reveals that one condition for God to open the windows of heaven is that we be faithful stewards in the matter of giving and paying the tithe to the Lord. We recognize, and notice he said paying. Um, tithe is a 10% that we should just recognize that's God's. Whatever it is, if I if I earned 10 cents last week, maybe that was a good week for you, then one penny goes to God. I just know that. I just know that. And uh, I've learned that, and that's what I do. Offering is on top of that. Offering is then what I choose to do extra for the Lord, however he impresses me to do it. We maybe set out a plate last week for our guest speaker that was here. We might have a need that comes up. Uh, missionaries, the need to give to missions, and we do. And those are, the, so there's tithes and offerings. And if you're neglecting and ignoring God on that particular point, it's saying you're not going to be able to prove him. And the windows of heaven are not able to pour out blessings upon you. Now, it's not a slot machine where you give a little and then you pull a handle and God gives you a lot. No, it's not like that. It's just you can trust that he will take care of you if you will do what he told you to do. If we'll do what we're supposed to do, it will free God to do what he wants to do. And all I can say is is that God meets my needs when I do what God's given me to do. And so he points this out, our author does. Uh, God tells us why. He will not answer certain prayers, and other verses give us that as well. So we're in Malachi. Go over a few pages to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. It's not just in the matter of what we do with our personal income or our personal wealth, but also look at Matthew 6 and verse 5. Jesus said, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. That's it. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. In other words, that's all it's about and that's all they'll get from it. Verse 7 says, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And James 4 and verse 3 says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it, upon your lusts your asking is all about yourself and you don't receive because your heavenly father knows that's not what you need now that's a great analogy here i mean if you're a parent you had a young one in your home and they were a little squirt and they asked for lots of things and if you were a good parent you did not honor every request and neither does our Heavenly Father. And you've heard it said, I'm sure, I'm so thankful God didn't answer all of my prayers. I've asked a lot of dumb things that I'm thankful he said no to. And it's because we ask amiss. We're not asking with his will in mind, with his, with his wisdom. And so that kind of praying is not going to be heard. 
uh, hypocritical praying, where we're, we're praying in, in front of people. Public prayer can, can be hard because we've been asked to pray, brother so-and-so, would you lead us in prayer? And everybody's listening. But the only one that should matter is that he's listening, right? And, and yet we have a hard time talking to him that way when we're worried about what everyone else is hearing. And it's, it is. So the best kind of praying is private praying. And, and of course, it teaches us to enter our closet. In other words, verse 6, Matthew 6, privately, not publicly. And then also, not to just use vain repetitions. And I think that's where it comes into someone memorizes a prayer. And even if it's the Bible, our Father which art in heaven, my my dad would not want me to come up to him and said, oh, Father, Dad, of all the... No, he wants me to talk normal, you know, real real personal conversation. <clears throat> and so we just need to recognize that it's ourselves that block the signal. God doesn't isn't relying on towers or any other satellite service. God, God just needs us to be right with him. And of course, we can't be perfect. We're human. But Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And the key word in that, in that verse is regard. Because we all have a sinful nature. But when we regard, as we were talking about Friday night, when we regard it, that means we know it's there. And we ignore the problem. And God knows we're ignoring the problem. So when I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But when I do acknowledge the sin, as, as David said, I acknowledge it. Then God can cleanse and forgive and then hear again. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2 says, Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. It's not that his hand is short or that his ear is heavy or that he cannot hear. It's that our sin separates. So we need to recognize a lot of the prayer issue is, is getting things right with him ourselves. So then God, God also says in his word in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, I think they listed most of it here for you, pray without ceasing in everything give thanks for this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning you so in prayer how many times should you give thanks in everything going back to the analogy of a little child i want i want i want you know, why aren't you running faster? And, 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 and they become little gods themselves. And, and they expect us to come running at their beck and call. And there is zero thankfulness. And if you're a good parent, you should recognize that maybe you ought not be spoiling them and running to their beck and call. And everything give thanks. Before we pray, we should stop and realize, you know what? I already got more than I deserve. I already have more answers to prayer than I deserved already. And even if he doesn't answer this request, I am blessed beyond what I deserve. Some of the best things we can do, and we, we sang that, that uh, cornucopia song this morning, God is so good. Sometimes it's just good to stop where you are and look back at the past. Look what he's already done. Look at the big problem you had last year that's not a big problem anymore. 
the big issue that was a major concern in your life that now is a distant memory. And to realize that God has been so good already. Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks, no matter what. If you're sick and you've got a migraine headache right now, thank God you don't always have one. I mean, find something to thank him for. Find something. Thank God at least you have a head that aches. I mean, I don't know, but just think about how good God is. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Though we profess to know the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we really have no Christian life without the Bible and prayer. And without those two things, we just exist. We just exist if we don't use and take advantage of the two things that he's given us, the Bible and prayer. Someone this morning at 910, we prayed together, those of us who meet early, and we, we prayed together, and someone mentioned those two things. Lord, help us to use the two things you've given us, the Bible and prayer the word of God and the opportunity and ability to pray in Ephesians chapter number 6 and we'll spend a little bit of time here Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and then it says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all Saints, The Bible reveals God to us. The Bible is God talking to us, so to speak. And prayer is when we talk to him. Prayer brings God's power to us. The prayers God answers are the ones that begin with him. As we've said earlier in this lesson, in this study, the best prayers are the ones that he originated in your mind to pray. You can't go wrong when you're praying prayers that he originated, that he suggested. And so... The great work of prayer is to bring us into harmony with his will. That's really what praying is, is to get us in tune with him, to, to, to focus on him and to let go of other focuses and other issues that blind us. The art of prayer cannot substitute for faith. So we must pray in faith, believing. It's not how artful we pray, but with faith. All right, so let's look at some points that they've given us, starting at the bottom of page 22 and all of page 23. Pray for these reasons. Pray because the devil is real. Right there in Ephesians chapter 6, it says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We need to recognize how powerful and how scary satan really is how how threatening he is we need to be in prayer because the devil is real you remember what job did in job chapter one job said it could be that my children have gotten themselves into sin and so he was just praying over his children just because he was just aware that things could go wrong in their life we need to recognize what it says in first peter 5 8 where it says be sober be vigilant as a roaring lion, the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's your adversary. Your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. Um, around here, we have mountain lions. Sometimes at night, in the middle of the night, the dog will just start to go crazy and bark and just act like, you know, like something bad is out there. And probably something bad is out there. 
and then another time it's a, fl- a squirrel or something, you know. Or, or you know, but but usually when the dog starts acting like that, it's because it's something serious. All I know is, is that we have mountain lions around here. Years ago, there was a man that got up in the middle of the night to let his dog out to go to the bathroom right downtown. I think it was on Montgomery Street or or, or Eighth Street or one of those streets down there. And the guy got out, opened the front door, and let the dog out. Stood there on the front porch, half asleep, waiting for the dog to do his business, and all of a sudden a deer whoosh, ran right between them. And before he could think anything, boom, a mountain lion ran right between him and the dog as well, chasing the deer. I bet he didn't go to sleep right away. Because that's what sobering is. It's when it wakes you up, and all of a sudden you realize there's there's a lion. There is a lion out here. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, the devil is as a roaring lion, our adversary, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So always, always pray for your children. I know some people are so overprotective of their children that that I wonder, are they praying? Because I think if you pray, you won't be overprotective, but you will already seal the protection with the one who can go with them in every area. That's most important. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13 also reminds us about what prayer is for too. Matthew 6 and verse 13, but go, excuse me, got the wrong verse, 613. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's the end of that Lord's prayer as we call it. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. One thing that keeps me very sobered is to realize that no matter how confident and how strong I feel walking in God with God today, temptation is right around the corner. Traps that Satan's tempting us with and, and setting up for us we don't even know about is, tomorrow, is lay, laying out there for us tomorrow. Pray because the devil is real. Your children need you to pray for them. Your spouse needs you to pray for them. Your pastor needs you to pray for him. We need to pray for one another. And then also at the top, page 23, pray to confess your sins. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to always keep short accounts with God. When you know that there's an issue in your life, there's a, a pride, there's something wrong, just stop and call it what it is. I don't go a a day without having some kind of sinful temptation or thought. You say, really? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm a human being and I have pride. And and I can have proud thoughts and all kinds of... It doesn't doesn't have to be like pornographic lust thoughts, although those happen too. But it can just be imaginations that are selfish and arrogant. And so there's always the need. That's why pray without ceasing is so necessary because there's always going to be the need to confess and to talk to God. We just need to always talk to him. I I do know that there are Catholics in this town. I, I see them early. Sometimes some of them, I believe, I've been told, some of them will go into town at the local Catholic church building and go in and say some kind of a prayer or confession or something. I don't know what they do in there, but on a daily basis, can I say to you, I don't, necess- I don't agree with that. I don't think they need to do that. But they're more faithful to do that. So some of us are on a daily basis to talk to our Heavenly Father who we say we believe in. You see, you don't need to go to a building. You don't need to go to a human priest. You have Jesus, the high priest. 
And so we need to constantly confess our sin to him and keep our accounts short. And then also pray to receive things from God as we've been talking about today. God in heaven has everything we need. We must simply ask. You have not, James 4, 2 says, because you ask not. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, especially verse 6 says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I'm getting to the point where when I make a purchase, it's, it's Lord, do I need to do this? Would this be good for me to do? And I'm talking about buying a house. I'm talking about everyday things. Why not? Acknowledge him in all your ways. Should I go here? Should I go there? Pray to deal with worries and cares. This is a huge one. Philippians 4. Please have this passage memorized so that you can go to it often. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. That means be full of care for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Remember, thanksgiving's always got to be there. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Pray when you're dealing with worries and cares. And through prayer, you can trade your worries and cares for peace of God. Pray and pray through those worries and cares. What an opportunity. Now, if you're not right with the Lord, you can't pray. No wonder you got worries. See how this works? Keep short accounts with God. Keep it clear. Keep it the line open. Don't have any blockage. And then just pray through the worries and the and the difficulties and the and the cares of this life. We all have cares. Cares are legitimate. We have things we need to take care of. But we still can become worried over them if we're not careful. So pray to deal with those things. And then pray for God to meet your needs. In time of need, we can go to the throne of grace to find help. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4. This is a wonderful passage about our high priest. And it says in Hebrews 4 verse 14 and 15 and 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, like human priests are, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. In other words, he was human, but he's also God. And he does understand and feel our pain, and he knows and and has the feeling of what we're going through. And so we can go to him not only as human, but as God. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need we can go directly to him in prayer our friend larry is up in rapid at uh, uh, fountain springs nursing home and hopefully he can be home soon a couple weeks ago there was an emergency where he was unconscious and very scary for missus the emt commented later or the officer whoever was there and said i couldn't help but notice that you were down on your knees and you were praying. That's a blessing. That's what we're supposed to do. Go to our Heavenly Father in time of need. Go directly, boldly in prayer. And then praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 14. 
John chapter 14. I have a habit, I don't think it's a bad habit, but it's a habit of ending my prayer in Jesus' name, amen. That's not a bad thing, but let me just tell you this. That doesn't mean I'm, I've completed the prayer correctly because I ended it in Jesus' name. Now, I do think we are to pray in Jesus' name as the Bible teaches. But just because you tagged in Jesus' name on the end of your request doesn't make it all good now. But what it's saying here is this, and we'll read it. John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is not a way. Jesus is the way. There is no other way than Jesus. And verse 13 says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Once in a while, I have started to write out a check. And the easiest thing for me to write down is my name, because I know that. So I can always start with my name. But it's not a good habit, because there's been times where I've signed my name, and then I thought, wait a minute, I don't exactly know who I'm writing this to, and I'm not sure of the amount. And now I've got a signed blank check. We know how dangerous and potentially dangerous a signed blank check can be. Why? Because you got that name on that check, you got the power. Well, when it comes to prayer, you can fill out a check, but if it doesn't have his signature, it doesn't have any power. So praying in his name is with the understanding that this is something that he that he would sign off on, that he would approve of. And so we need to recognize whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then chapter 16, verse 23 through 26. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. What is it saying there? These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself, and I'll, I'll, keep, I'll stop there, but what is it saying? It's saying if you're saved, you have access to God himself in the name of Jesus Christ, our mediator. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. And we read about the high priest in his name. We're going directly to the throne of grace boldly, as it says in Hebrews chapter 4, because we are praying in his, we are saved, and we are going to God in Jesus' name, not in any other way or any other form. This, especially for the Old Testament Jews, this was something that they couldn't possibly understand. And the New Testament Jews who were walking there who had not trusted in Christ were not able to pray to the Father. It says in 1 John, if you deny the Son, you do not have the Father. And so you must pray in his name. You must recognize the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll just be honest, I've, I've heard public praying in... Um, in venues, you know, maybe at a rodeo or maybe at a, a game or, or maybe at a uh, inauguration of a president or something like that. Let me tell you something. 
we're, we're living in a day where if the person invokes the name of Jesus, that's, that's quite unusual. And, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean because they said in the name of Jesus that they're a Christian, but at least they said it, right? At least they recognize Jesus Christ as the access to the Father. If we ask anything in his name, he will do it. has nothing to do with his mother's name, by the way. It's just him. And then lastly, pray because Jesus Christ is praying for you. What does that mean? Well, I think, I don't remember who it was. I think it was, um, might have been Erica that quoted Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth. Why is Jesus alive in heaven today? To make intercession for them. You realize that the Lord is constantly praying for you and I who are saved? The Lord looks down and says, Pastor Matt is a goober, but I died for him. He constantly is interceding on our behalf. There have been times where one of my children did something really, really, really dumb. And my wife was interceding on their behalf. Don't kill him. That's not quite that bad, but intercession is a wonderful thing. Mary's not interceding for anybody. No other dead person, even if they're in heaven today, are interceding but Jesus. That's his job. That's what he's doing. That's why he's there, to intercede on our behalf so that when we pray, we don't deserve to go before a holy God but he intercedes to give us the ability to do so. And that's why 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says, there is one mediator between God and men, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. He is our intercessor. And the world and other religions do not understand this. The great work of Jesus Christ at this moment is the work of intercession. God works in the lives of his children to bring us to the point where we have no other options. We can only pray. The only way to have victory is to pray in faith we pray or we fail we pray or we worry ourselves sick we pray or we live defeated lives we pray or we dishonor god we pray or we struggle through life drifting aimlessly we pray or the devil wins we need to recognize our need to pray and to pray according to his word in his will and so I hope you're encouraged that God does answer prayer and God's answering a prayer today in the most unusual amazing way beautiful story happening today in a few a few moments from now praise God for hearing and answering prayer let's stop we'll pick up again next week Lord we thank you for the opportunity to pray to study to learn Help us, as we heard Monday night, to pray biblically and to pray simply. And help us to pray not just for health and wealth, but to pray for things that truly are eternally impactful. And thank you, God, that you give us this privilege that the rest of the world does not have, and that is the ability to go through Jesus Christ directly to your throne. Help us not to take lightly that great privilege. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.